0: Welcome to The Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the SaintsNation.com, Kevin Hell of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L.B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse down. Now here's your host... Ralph
1: Malbro, And welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Malbro. As always, we're brought to, to you by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 draft beers. Go there, watch LSU baseball, uh, the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, all that good stuff. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court. They, su- they support us, so you should support them.
2: I'll take what is a lug nut for 300, please, Alex.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. As I saw on Twitter, everybody's like, where the fuck's Ralph? They were supposed to have a podcast yesterday. Uh, I had a flat tire in my car. Um, Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Hold hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think it's important for our listeners to know what type of car we're talking about here.
1: I drive a Mini? Yep. Yeah, I drive a Mini. There you go. There you
2: go, ladies and gentlemen. Ralph
0: drives
1: a mini <laughs> uh kevin do you have any thoughts on me driving a mini
0: i was getting ready look we were thinking about calling the police to file a report but then andrew smartly reminded us well he needs to be gone for 24 hours and he's only been so gone 23 actually. and a half okay fine one of you we were texting <laughs> yeah one of you smartly said 23 and a half hours to go Get Equi-Search to go look for me Right. And then, you know, and then, and then and then you suddenly start texting out of the blue. Oh, yeah, guys. Sorry. Car trouble. Uh, flat tire in the mini. And then immediately I'm picturing you and your gimpy ass on the side of the road trying to change a tire from, trying to pull the tire out from underneath the mini with your wife standing over you screaming in Spanish while cars are zipping by at 60 miles an hour and you're petrified of getting sucked underneath an 18 wheeler. That's good times. That's good times. I, I, Do you Ralph, realize what I, I just went through?
2: I want Ralph to take us back to the car dealership and, and <laughs> what possessed him to shake the guy's hand on the lot and say, you know what? I'm going to go with that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with the, the 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 brand new mini at full price that's marked up to hell and you can't get any package because everything's a la carte to make it custom. Um, I mean, it must have come with some great drugs. It, it didn't. It came with good gas mileage. Andrew, I've ever said – what's that bank robber movie with Marky Mark? Uh, oh, The Heist? Yeah. The Italian Job? Yeah. No, Italian Job. Italian Job. Like I saw that movie and I was like, a Mini. I want a fucking Mini. And it just like stuck with me, stuck with me, stuck with me. And when I finally was able to buy my first new car ever, I was like, I'm getting a Mini. And also Houston, you have to drive fucking everywhere. And every, everywhere you go is a 45-minute trip. So the gas mileage is a real important thing, and you can park anywhere, and my wife really likes it. So those were all win-win-win. You,
2: you live in Texas, man. You don't live in, in London. <laughs>
1: that is true. Uh, a
2: mini. God. <laughs> yeah, well, my wife – You she- don't feel the slightest bit emasculated?
1: Um, Andrew, I always feel emasculated when I, uh, try to pull the tire out of my trunk and it's really hard and I can't, get, <laughs> I can't get the luck. And I, just, I, 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 I gave up that. I gave up that ghost. Like when I was like 14, I'm like, this is, I, I have like four pins in my leg and this is, I just, I just gave up that. I just gave up the whole thing. I'm going to be a man. Like, I just like that. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. The whole, the whole manly Fixing things and strength and all that. Like uh, The only thing my, about me that makes me a man is I get closer and closer to making six figures. That's the only thing. The rest of it is just a mess. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I drive a Mini. Yeah. M and M, my wife's like, M&M. M.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. the, the, the thing about the Mini though is once you start driving the Mini, when you go back to like a regular car, it feels like you're driving a boat slash tank. Like, I'll drive my wife's car, and she'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, it just feels like I'm driving a bus.
2: How many Rob <laughs> Ryans could you fit in your car?
1: Two, probably, like, one.
2: <laughs> Two tops. I mean, put it this way. If Two tops have... if one of them had the lap belt surgery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, when you go in the Mini and – uh, uh me and my wife will like go to Target and get a ton of groceries. It's barely enough for like me, her, and the groceries, with the seats <laughs> down, packed to the gills.
0: You know. So, 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 so this goes from one second sounding like a great endorsement for the Mini to <laughs> to ah, uh, you may want to rethink it. Well, here's the thing: like you can't have a Mini if you
1: need space in your car. You, they're, they're, you, uh, kids in a Mini? I can't even fucking imagine. Getting kids.
2: Oh, I just love that Ralph drops the, the great gas mileage. Like, he can't purchase a Honda Civic like every what? other huge, or, warm yeah,
1: core. But, 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 but a Honda Civic's like, oh, I drive a Honda Civic. Eh. People people are always like, oh, you drive a Mini? Or they're like, you drive a fucking Ooh. Mini. It's either good scorn or praise. So the Mini makes me unique. That could be good okay, or that could so be you're, bad. So you're going for shock value. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, yeah, the I thing just, is, like, once me and my wife – when she finally gets pregnant, like I won't be able to drive the mini again. Like once we have
0: kids out. So I just need to like yeah, but, enjoy it. Okay, yeah, but here's the thing. If you're gonna do that, if you're going for shock value and you don't care about the 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 comedically small size of your vehicle, why not just get a smart car?
1: Dude, because a smart car is like a go kart and I feel very I feel very, very unsafe in the smart car.
0: Yeah. Fair I Fair point.
1: The only – I, but the thing is like I didn't – like I didn't – Well,
2: clearly safety is not a paramount thing. I
1: feel safer in my Mini than I did in my Saturn because the Saturn was like a piece of plastic. At least the Mini is like metal and I feel safe. Here's the thing though. Like I when I was shopping for cars, I didn't say I want a little tiny car. I said I want a Mini. Like if I wouldn't have got a Mini, I wouldn't have gone to like the Fiat or the smart car or the Bug. Like it wasn't – I just like the Mini. Like that's. It. I think I think
2: that makes it even worse. It
1: does. You could say it, it makes it even worse because I'm like I'm 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 trans, transfixed and uh, and the thing about a mini like you can't get like they know that you can't get a deal on a mini like you, they just are like that's what it costs you can't wheel and deal with them or anything.
2: All right, th- this is making me depressed. Let's <laughs> right. move on. All right, um, this is terrible.
1: All right, let's Saints had actual news. <laughs> this week Andrew they said they brought they said Pierre Thomas's agent at the combine they were like hey Pierre we need to talk to you about your future
2: um so usually not a good sign
1: usually not a good sign cuz they can cut him and they get 3 million dollars of cap space basically and no dead money so it's like a ripe piece of i guess contract to create room so what do you think they they're going to do and what do you want them to do
2: Well, it's funny. I've been asked a lot, you know, who's it going to be between Lance Moore and...
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
2: Go to your happy place
0: for
2: more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thomas, and it's, it's a tough thing because if you look at the two, I feel like Lance Moore is the one between the two that underperformed in terms of his contract value and what he did on the field last season. But the problem is the Saints have Kyrie Robinson. They have Mark Ingram, who really came on strong at the end of the season. Um, and that playoff game against Philly was awesome. I mean, Robinson was too. And they've got Sproles. So they've got the depth at running back. And receiver is aging quickly, and the depth isn't really there. So um, it's kind of weird because it's you, know, you feel like Pierre Thomas is performing better. He's earned his contract more than Lance Moore has. Um, but from a pure depth standpoint... Um, they can probably, as a team, afford to lose a running back more than they can a receiver. So, um, and, and, you know, like, like you always say, Ralph, what Buddy D used to tell you, don't listen to what the Saints say, watch what they do. And if they're asking Pierre Thomas um, to discuss his future, um, that's not a good sign. Um, now, I'm hopeful that what, what potentially they would ask him to do is, is they would say, look, you've got one year left, and it's pricey and we'd like to extend your contract to make it worth a lot less this year. So we'll give you a little signing bonus. You may make a little less than you would this year, but we'll extend you for another year so that you're on the roster and you're still under contract with us next season too. Um, so hopefully it's a restructure. Hopefully Pierre Thomas is open to it. Um, but if he's not, I mean, that, that's the decision. I think they'll probably put something like that to him, and he may just say, you know what? I'd rather take my chances on an open market. Go ahead and cut me. Um, so I, I think part of it's on Thomas too. Does he want to stay with the Saints in a platoon system where he might be making less money?
1: Kevin, if the Saints don't have Pierre Thomas in 2014, how how does that change your position your 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 thoughts on the run? Say say they get rid of Pierre Thomas and don't really add anybody significant in the draft. How do you feel about the running back position in 2014? <laughs>
0: Still going to be nervous. I mean, there's no. I mean, I mean, yeah. Mark, look, Mark Ingram had the phenomenal game, and then he started to pick. He started to get a little better as the season wore on, because just, just a matter of fact. But Darren Sproles really. uh, Yeah, he faded down the stretch. Right, and, I mean, who else are they going to bring out? Uh, Cadet. I mean, Cadet didn't didn't have too much uh did, did didn't didn't impress too much when he was out there yeah so they kind of need pierre it's 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 weird to say it's it's weird to say we need four running backs like all of whom can play but we need four running backs all of whom can play
1: yeah i mean the thing that worries mm-hmm. me is that uh, Pierre Thomas is so good at little things like blitz pickup and and that sort of thing. I I worry about if the lines like if they lose Pierre Thomas Andrew if if they lose Pierre Thomas and they don't re sign re sign De and Delapuente then the offensive line is in flux. Oh and the guy who's really good at pass uh, blitz pickup and that sort of thing he's gone too. So it's like a like an interconnected thing where it, it starts to struggle. Um, what do you think the yeah. what do you think the number is for Pierre Thomas where he goes? Ah, eh, Saints! I'm not taking that. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice and go in the open market. It's just a guess. Where do you, th- where oh, do you uh, think?
2: Oh, I mean, I, he's making three million this year, so I don't really think he wants to go much below that. I mean, maybe. But can he get too-
1: Can he get? But but can he get that somewhere else?
2: It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if any team would want to make him the feature back, but I think it would be fairly easy for Pierre Thomas to find a team that would be willing to give him a platoon system of two backs. Um, I really feel like at this point the Saints really utilize three, if not four, um, guys. You know, really three in a game because uh, I don't. Kyrie, you know, obviously wasn't used as much this year, so I would say they really use a platoon system of three backs. But it can go pretty heavy on sprawls if they're passing a lot, which they tend to do. So um, I think Pierre Thomas could find himself in a situation where he was in a two back system, get more reps, um, get more plays. Um, But look, the the Saints tried to play him more often um, in the past, and he he often got injured. So, um, you know, this system um, and the reps that he got the past two years. Um, has helped his longevity. it's helped him stay healthy. it's helped him play a whole season. So um, I think in a, a lot of ways, hopefully Pierre Thomas recognizes that that he he is better in a platoon system because he can last a sixteen game season. Um, but i 'll throw this out there. I mean, you know I know every Saints fan loves Pierre Thomas and he's definitely the back that can do everything. He can yeah. run in between the tackles he can catch, he can block. He does all the little things he's got good ball security. If you look at everything that Pierre Thomas does, his game really has no weakness, and that's why he's out there so much because Pierre Thomas can be put in any situation, in any play call, and Sean Payton trusts that he's gonna he's gonna do well. He may not break a 60-yard run, he may not have the explosive play, but he's always gonna do well. Um, so,
1: so he's trusted. Um, but and I they think injured, and they lean on him and they like to. They, I mean. He's been injured. He's been, he was injured against San Francisco, and he was injured this playoff. But they lean on him in they big do. spots. I mean – They do. They, they – in 2011 – I mean in 2010 when they needed that win on Monday night in Atlanta, they leaned on him heavily. The playoff run in 2009, you want to talk about Porter. You want to talk about whoever. Pierre Thomas in the NFC Championship in the Super Bowl was as big as any of them.
2: I agree, but I'll throw this out there, Ralph, just to be on. And you know I love Pierre Thomas, and you know yeah. he's been with the team for so long. Fans love him and everything. But I'll throw this out there. When he was injured in the playoffs, it forced the Saints' hand yeah. to start trusting Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson yeah. with roles that maybe they didn't trust him with before. That mm-hmm. meant giving Robinson the ball more. And yeah, they were worried about the fumbles, but you know what? He didn't fumble, and he played really well. And same thing with with Mark Ingram. Yeah, he's going to drop a couple screen passes, but or he might cough up a ball like he did in the playoffs. He might miss a blitz pickup. But if he's in, it opens up things for your offense, because um, it's one of those things where they're starting to play the run more because Mark Ingram is such an in-between the tackles guy. And that's a strength that it actually opens up the passing game. Teams are are thinking, well, Mark Ingram's in the game. He's got to be running. They've got to be handing it off and this it opens up the passing game down the field for the Saints. So um, I think having those guys in more often actually helps the offense. I think at times Sean Payton has trusted Pierre Thomas so much to a fault that it's almost maybe even hurt the offense.
1: Kevin, prediction. Can't believe I
0: still got Kyrie Robinson.
1: <laughs> Kevin, prediction. Pierre Thomas, where is he in
0: 2014? <sighs> I'm going to take the uh... – I'm gonna take the uncomfortable route here, and I'm gonna say he's not with the Saints. And I'm looking at a cap space chart right now, and I'm gonna throw <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna say he's with the Indianapolis Colts. Wow! They have thirty-nine. They have thirty-nine. I mean, <clears throat> look, look. The Raiders have that would be a great fit for him. Exactly. The Raiders have sixty-five million in cap space. The Browns have sixty million in cap space. The Jaguars have fifty five million in cap space. All those teams are shit. And I don't know what their running back situation is, so who knows what the hell this platoon situation could be like. Number four on the list is the Colts. They've got thirty nine point nine cap space. You got him and you could get him and Trent Richardson. They've got a, they'll have another guy on there. I can't think of his name right now. But Pierre could sort of act like a mentor, come in for a Donald spell. Brown. Donald Brown was terrible <clears throat> until
1: he – until they started going to the spread for the Colts. And that's, that's me being a fantasy geek.
0: Well, then there you go. Yeah,
2: I mean so, Pierre Thomas sounds like the starter in that platoon system.
1: And here's the thing, like Kevin, what you said with the cap room, the Colts have so much that you got to hit that floor. You know, Andrew's mentioned this a couple of times. You got to hit the floor. Like the the Raiders have, you know, 60 million in cap room and Cleveland's got 40 or 50. So as a team, you got to hit the floor every year. So they can say to Pierre Thomas, hey, we'll give you one year, four and a half got to hit the floor, so we'll give you a little bit extra. It's just for one year. But that might be double what the Saints, you know? So, I mean, because that, that's basically, Andrew, isn't that what, what where Pierre Thomas is at? He's basically going to be year to year.
2: Right? I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't at his age, I don't think teams are going to give him a 4 or 5 year contract. It's just I, not going to happen.
1: It wouldn't stun me. It wouldn't stun me if he got a little bit more than 3 million on the open market. I mean, it just, like you say, it just takes it just takes one team. Yep. You know?
2: Yep, oh. and you know, and people need good backs that they can trust, veteran backs that, you know, look Pierre Thomas is healthy. <laughs> you know, he he's I mean, I, I know he ended the season with a chest injury, but um, for the most part, he's kept his legs in good shape. He's had no serious knee injuries, um, and you know he had a good season, so he's he's kept his body in pretty good
1: shape.
0: Uh, two other uh, two other teams that have really good cap space that I wanted to bring up okay. are one, <clears throat> the Vikings. They got like I think 34 million in cap space, and he will not be asked to be the number one guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then two, uh, the Eagles. Uh, they've got, uh, 35 and yeah. change in cap space. And I, f- I'm pretty sure. I don't sure really
2: e- see, I don't really see him in the Eagles offense fitting the way they play though. I mean, McCoy is very much a scat back. They kind of, and
1: they have, um, they have, what's his name? Brown, I think. His... Yeah.
2: They like to get those guys in space. They don't but, like to run in between the tackles as much.
0: Yeah. But I mean, they could still use Pierre for screens, but I was thinking more yeah. Pierre, Pierre for the, uh, <clears throat> to help with, uh, blitz pickups or or blocking as a running back because, because the Eagles quarterbacks, I mean, don't they get knocked around a lot? A little bit.
1: I
2: mean, well, they did before Vic got benched. I mean, we,
1: we, we, we mentioned last week about the dolphins needing five new offensive linemen. So Streif could be a place. The dolphins need running backs too. I mean, and they've got, actually they've got good cap space there. I mean, they got, they've got Donald Thomas. Who's eh, they got, uh, Lamar Thomas. Who's eh, I mean, Pierre Thomas. I mean, I could I could see him being not like a f- not like the featured guy where he gets most of the carries, but I could see him getting more carries than he definitely gets with the Saints. And like you said, they have yeah. capital. I mean, it, I, I would I'll be I'll be surprised if Pierre Thomas is with the Saints. But I also said it. Remember, after 2010, we were like um, the Saints almost traded him to New England during the year. And he hurt his ankle and went on IR. I was like, he's done. He's not playing anymore for the Saints. And he ended up signing the four-year deal. So um, you never know. But I'm going to say – I'm going to be surprised if he's he's with the Saints. I just – I think that they – like you said, Andrew, the young guys stepped up and the Saints, I think they feel like if they don't get Pierre Thomas at the price they want, they'll be okay. And his Mm. cap space – his contract is just too tempting and easy to create more room at this point.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I mean, I'd love to see him with the Saints, you know, but like all guys, I mean, like Drew Brees one day and, and a lot of other players, I mean, you saw four of them already with Vilma and, um, you know, Greer and those other guys. I mean, it, the, the time, the clock runs out on everybody. And um, right now the Saints need cap space. If, you, if you've been reading, you know that they're interested in re-signing Streif um I think that's going to cost maybe as much as 5 million a year, maybe more. Um and we know that Jimmy Graham is going to be upwards of 10 million a year and with the cap space e- even with the increase in the salary cap um it's still going to cost a lot to keep those two players um and then when you add on top of that free agents, draft picks, they've got to they've got to find some room. So, you know, that's a quick easy 3 million. So, the math adds up, you know, I I would say that um Pierre Thomas is on notice.
1: Kevin, we actually had a little bit of Jimmy Graham contract news today saying that the Saints and him are like about – I saw $2.5 million apart per year. Like the Saints want to pay him 10 He wants like $12.5. Uh, um, any chance this gets done before they have to put the tag on him?
0: No. None. 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 Wow, we're uh, we're yeah. uh, doom and gloom tonight. Yeah, I mean it, <laughs> is, it,
1: it is just – I mean it is – that scenario that Florio laid out where the Saints tag him as a tight end. Graham wins the arbitration, so the Saints aren't allowed to switch the tag to the wide receiver, and then Jimmy Graham is an unrestricted free agent. Um, Andrew, let's play that out since we're being doom and gloom. Let's say Saints tag him as a tight end. The arbitrator says, no, he's a wide receiver. And, oh, by the way, Saints, you can't change the tag. He's unrestricted free agent now. If that happens, I say the odds of him being a Saint is like 5%. Uh,
2: Yeah, but I read today that that's actually not how it plays out. Apparently, it's not on the Saints to designate what they're franchising him as. Um, This this was on Pro Football Talk today. Apparently, Uh all they have to do is franchise him. At that point, it's up to the NFL committee to decide what, he um, is. what position he is. Yep. Okay. So it's not on the Saints. So once they tag him, I mean, he's tagged no matter what, um, and then they decide what position he is. So um, Anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to suck if he ends up being a receiver and it's going to cost a lot more money, but that might be an incentive for the Saints. Um, I, I mean, I, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, once they tag him, if he gets designated as a tight end, then the cards are in the Saints' hands in terms of negotiations. If Jimmy Graham wins that battle, that's a huge cap hit. And so then Mickey Loomis might be inclined to give him $12 million a year to cushion the blow in year one.
1: Uh, Kevin, we're going to have fun with trade value, super hypothetical in a minute, but let's say the Saints, they probably won't exclusive rights and they'll probably just franchise them, so it'll be two number ones. At what point... Does the package that a team would offer the Saints become too tempting for Mickey Loomis to pass up and let Jimmy Graham walk? Does it have to be two number ones, or what is the package where you say, "Okay, I'm okay with Jimmy Graham going to Cleveland or wherever"?
0: Is it it's two number ones in the same? the same draft if a team has it well, no, or is it back-to-back it would, years it
1: would be back-to-back years like like and that, uh, and probably what it would be would it, it probably wouldn't be two number ones i mean i wouldn't think it would probably be like cleveland saying hey saints we're gonna sign jimmy graham to this uh we want you to trade him to us and then we're gonna sign him to an extension we'll give you a one and a three or whatever i don't think a team would just straight up sign him for two number ones does it
0: uh, the one and the three are they in the same draft?
1: Yeah, maybe this year it'd be a one and a three. Like, what, what's the what's the what's the value of the trade where you well you said you might not like it, but you're like, well, oh, that's too good a deal to pass.
0: uh, I'd probably be inclined to say multiple picks, uh, and if and I almost feel like having more picks. Is better than having higher picks. I don't know why. I just, it's just, I don't know. There's just something, just something in my head. Uh, So if somebody said, "Okay, we'll give you a two this year, a you know, like like a two a four this year, and then the following year we'll give you a two, you know, something like that," I could I could probably see that. Yeah. Like anything that gets more than two. More than two picks. Yeah. And they have to be like quality picks, like top three rounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top three rounds or or again, if it if it's okay, maybe if it's like, all right, we'll give you a one this year, a four, and then the following year a three, I could still see that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Andrew, what's the trade value for Jimmy Graham where you're okay with him?
2: There's no trade that I, I would find suitable. Um, I mean, I, personally, I just think Jimmy Graham's a once-a-decade type talent. Um, you know, he's arguably the best receiver in NFL – I mean, best tight end in NFL history receiving tight ends. So, you know, you could put Antonio Gates and Rob Gronkowski um, in the mix with him, but I don't really think you can name another tight end besides those two um, that has had the kind of impact that he's had. And if you look at his last three seasons um, and the numbers he's been able to put up, it's unprecedented. So, um, I don't think you're gonna find any any draft pick, even in the first round, um, that's gonna have the kind of impact on the field that Jimmy Graham's done yeah. in the last three years. So, even even a one and a three is not good enough for me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I just think draft picks. There's something about them that makes people think really crazy, stupid things. Like they yeah. think, like they think, oh my god, think of all these draft picks we can get, like. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and even Kevin to a certain extent, he's like, I want more of them. Like you, 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 cause, cause, cause draft picks, they have this like endless possibility. Cause you, you, you think if you get four picks in the first 80 over two years, my God, we'll hit on them all and we'll be awesome. Like that's what people think. And I just think, no, just keep, the, keep the best tight end in football. Like
2: that's, yep.
1: that's what you do. I mean,
2: I mean, if you look at the first round this year. I would guess that of the 32 first-round picks in this year's draft, I'm going to estimate that maybe, maybe two of the 32 will end up being as good or better than Jimmy Graham in their career.
1: Yeah, and the thing is like – it's different sport, but like the Pelicans traded uh, – they traded the number one pick last year no, and the number one pick next year for holiday and everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my God, it's gonna be a lottery pick. It's gonna be like a, a the, the number eleven pick in the NBA draft, and that's a horrible trade." But like history tells you that like the number eleven pick in the NBA lottery is usually like uh, Jarvis Jones, who averages like eight points a game. Like it's not right. like it's not that much of value. But because it says first round pick on it, Kevin, they just cling to it, and it's just these. We just we we just Kevin we just love draft picks don't we We just want the Saints yeah. to have like eight draft picks in May because it makes the draft so awesome Isn't that what it is Like essentially yeah
0: Essentially yeah I mean it It's I mean hell play, you know anything playing you know playing video games or you know playing the Madden and all that stuff It's you always want You always want more draft picks. Yeah. I mean that's I mean just you know we're the video game generation so we've sort of been we've sort of come up and experienced getting more draft picks that's and that's it that's that's the that's the currency it's 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 the Bitcoin of the NFL
1: you know and and people are like well yeah. well
0: if we get a bunch of middle round picks. We're, They picked Hakeem
1: Kicks in the third round. They'll get four more guys just as good as him. That'll be awesome. They don't think, you know what? They're going to get four more Courtney Watsons.
2: Well, look, I mean, you look at Sean Payton's history. He's been with the Saints eight years now. The only draft pick he's ever had that I would say was better than Jimmy Graham is Jari Evans. I would say that he's had one, and that was a third or fourth rounder. But um, that's the one pick he's had in eight years of drafting. That I would say was more successful than the Jimmy Graham pick. Yeah. I mean, you could argue Cam Cameron Jordan's still just scratching the surface, and he's doing really well. But I don't put Cam Jordan in the same league as Jimmy Graham.
1: I think that's true. I mean, um, you know, speaking of trade value, I want to get into this and in this fun hypothetical. The, the 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 Browns, who Lord the fuck knows what they're doing, they just. Hire Bill Kuharik and whatever. But apparently they tried to trade for Jim Harbaugh in like a super secret thing and Harbaugh nixed it because his wife was probably like, you want me to go to Cleveland?
0: Are you fucking out of your
1: mind? Um, and I, the, the rumor was it was like a, like a two and a three. Andrew, is there a package that a team could call up Mickey Loomis and say, Mickey, we want Sean Payton. And you can come create any package you want. What does that package have to be for Mickey Loomis to say, oh, "We'll think about that. We'll get back to you." To trade Sean Payton.
2: Yeah. Again, I think he's kind of got Drew Brees status in New Orleans. I don't think Jimmy Graham has that necessarily. Um, you know, two firsts, and and you don't have to pay Graham the money he wants. Um, I would think about that. I don't think anyone, no one's gonna offer the Saints two first-round picks and pay, pay Jimmy Graham. Don't that underestimate kind of money on stupid.
1: Top. Don't underestimate yeah,
2: stupid. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But that that's probably the only thing I would consider. Um, two first and you know, uh, even then, I I would think long and hard about it. So, um, I think the same. I think higher for Peyton if that's what I'm. If that's the only thing I'm willing to take, really, for Graham. Um, I think the value of Payton's higher. So John Gruden um, got
1: two number ones, two number twos, and eight million, and he didn't even win a Super Bowl. I that's what that's they about did. what I'm well, talking about. Well, but he didn't win, not, uh, not before they traded him. Like he hadn't. Won, oh, oh, he yeah, yeah. Won a Super Bowl when Tampa got him.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I would say two ones and two twos sounds about right for Sean Payton. I would.
1: Say, I I would go higher. I would go higher after 2012, <laughs> Andrew. True. I true. Say, I would say the bidding would start at. That's three first-round picks. At, four. I, I would four. I would, no, four. I would say four. No, I would say it would it would be four number one picks, and it would almost be the only thing that would change it would be like if you said, okay, we're gonna give you three number like if Cleveland called up and they're like, okay, I want three number one picks and I want Joe Thomas. Yeah. Like like it I has like to that. be so amazing that. When they make the you're set. That, that, that any
2: old like schmo people. idiot coach could come in yeah. And, and yeah, take like, over the like, reins and, and, and even be successful.
1: then I would say no. The only reason I would do it is I would be okay with it is if Sean Payton wanted to leave. Like that's why you'd yeah. have to, you'd have to be okay with it, but it would have to be ridiculous. And Kevin, I think we even as Saints fans ramp it up a notch of ridiculousness for what we'd want for Sean Payton because of two thousand twelve. Like we've seen it, like when he's not around.
0: Yeah, well, and and well, so's the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, so's the rest of the league. I mean, the rest of the league has to know, uh, and the the rest of the look, the rest of the league has to understand what 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 Sean Payton brings to the table. They have to, and if they don't, well then they, then they wouldn't make the offer, and then that's their loss. But you're gonna you'd ha- you'd end up getting some desperate teams. Like the Browns, like the jaguars Miami man i just I just hope Jerry Jones isn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> actually together right now He's just about to bring that up. What if it was the cowboys making the offer? Ooh. would you be okay with him jumping with him Ooh. flying to dallas and and being the coach there
1: no but but like here's the thing though like if you if you it, like once it's done, like he wants like like for me. Like, that's a – it's a bad situation for Harbaugh because once you know that – like, once everybody knows that you considered going, like, I don't know how you take that back, you know? Yeah. And and it seems bad. So, like, I I mean, I'd be pissed off about it, Andrew, but I think, like, if you got a floor me offer – I think I'd be okay with it, especially with the Cowboys now. Like, I think the Cowboys are about to collapse because Tony Romo's back is about to go. So, like, four number one picks starting in 14, 15, 16, and 17 from the Cowboys. Like, that's really tempting because I think there's going to be a lot of top ten picks in there.
2: Absolutely. Well, you would think with Sean Payton it probably wouldn't be, but... I mean that, that's why the Cowboys would make that move. Yeah. They Assume they wouldn't need first round picks because they'd be winning. But uh, I, I'd be tempted for sure.
1: It'd be tempted. And like I said, Kevin's right. We just like we're obsessed with draft picks, and we know like what the Saints are without Sean Payton, and we're still like four number ones. Fuck.
0: <laughs> well, I, well, well, here's the thing. It's because it's because we still have in semi recent history. Well, I don't know. Not not fully semi recent. We still remember the Ricky Williams draft, and then and then we remember this past year I mean, they lost a draft pick, and then the year before they I think had a draft pick taken and then and then you go back to the Thomas Warstead draft when they only had four picks. yeah so it's just man stockpile. I mean shit, if you could give a team if you could give a a, a good team ten draft picks or 11 draft picks, Jesus, I mean... Yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at what
2: Seattle and San Francisco and New England have been able to do, how they've made their team successful, it's because they haven't picked high, but, man, they've had 10, 12 picks in each draft.
1: And the the Saints, they they went sort of like in a cold stretch, Andrew, where they weren't drafting too good. But, like, 2012 and 2013, they kind of have been, like, the hot guy at the crafts table, pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean it may, it gives me a lot of room for optimism with how they're going to pick this year. Uh
1: All right, since we're talking trades, uh, apparently uh there's a possibility of me being traded to the Falcoholic podcast. So Kevin, <laughs> what is my trade value and um and are you okay with me going to the Falcoholic podcast?
0: Well, I mean, it depends on who we're getting in return or what we're getting in return. Um I forgot to, you know, I didn't consider the uh, the whole can't get a tire, can't get the spare yeah, that's, tire.
1: That's, so that's my physical grade at the combine. Not I'm, 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 The cone drill, I'm still trying to finish it.
0: Yeah, well, and, and the vertical it's leap vertical. is pretty bad, but 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 it's okay because Dave thinks the combine's useless. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't know. May, maybe the. Uh, I mean, left-handed forearm strength, though it's got to be pretty impressive. No, uh, right-handed typing strength—that's got to yeah, be pretty impressive. I'm pretty,
1: I'm pretty adroit with like. The, if they had a one-handed catch drill at the combine, I would tear that shit up.
0: Well, I mean, your uh, your communication skills are pretty impeccable. You did use the word adroit. But I drink. Uh, but I drink a lot during the year,
1: as Andrew and you can attest. So Andrew, I drink a lot during the post-game show. Day of game. So does that? Like, oh yeah, that your your, your liver your liver sure? has no
2: value. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know. So, so I mean, what what are we thinking of? Uh, uh f- some boxes of wine. Uh, maybe box a of fun. Yeah, a copy of uh, Step Brothers on a uh, DVD. On, on a oh, I don't know. It's got to be at least Blu-ray. Blue, oh, oh well. Oh,
2: I, I was um, thinking VHS.
0: Um, <laughs> I would say a, a subscription to Netflix, but the lowest tier. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 look, if somebody wants to sweeten the deal with me to to get me to sign off on it, if they could just include a subscription to the WWE Network, that would also be appreciative.
1: Andrew, do you have anything specific that you want that could seal the deal? I mean,
2: I, I I just don't think with those kind of demands we're ever gonna get a trade. No, so you're not. I, I just I don't see that happening. No. Um, no. No. I I I would I would like to. My my only demand really would be like a half drink, uh, a beat of beer. Um, I I would I would trade you for a half drink, a beat of beer because that would be evidence that local beer. Was coursing through the veins of an Atlanta Falcon fan. Yeah. Um, so I, that 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 would be enough for me. That that they had to drink one of our beers, um, but they they weren't allowed to finish it. Um, I I think that would be enough for me you know, so, to trade you. So my trade value is c-
1: somewhere between a half drank a beat of beer and the Netflix subscription. Well, they have to take beer.
2: the mini too. You have to take the mini with you. You have to.
1: It's you, a my wife said no. It's a bag of Skittles, opened or unopened. Opened.
0: <laughs>
1: Open. Only the yellow ones. And my only the yellow ones. Um, all but right. you got to
2: take the mini with you. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, it's a deal
1: breaker. <laughs> all right, we Dave couldn't join us tonight, so we, Dave and Andrew were gonna argue about the combine. Dave thinks the combine is useless. Um, Andrew, I don't think the combine is useless, but my God, they overhyped this thing to death.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's no doubt they overhype it. And I don't even think it trumps, you know, other evidence you have, you know, in other words, the tape, um, interviews, there's a lot of other stuff that I think is more valuable than, uh, 40 times how much they bench press. Um, but I think there's, but, but look, here's the bottom line. When you're going to spend millions of dollars on players and you're, you're, and you're in a business where, you win or you lose your job. It, it, it's that simple. Um, you better believe if I'm a GM, I'm turning over every goddamn stone I can um, to educate myself yeah. as much as possible. So um, if, if I get to know how strong a guy is, how fast a guy is, you goddamn right, I'm going to want to know that stuff. So, um, so that's part of it. I think also when you look at this stuff, I mean, you think about, let's say, the guy's a really poor route runner. You know, and, and you look at the tape and he's a terrible route runner. Um, and that, that's kind of his knock. And that's maybe why he's a six-round pick project. Um, but then you know, he shows up at the combine and you know how they have a lot of those drills. And he looks really smooth coming out of his breaks. Um, you know he's had the last month to prepare for the combine. You know he knows what his weaknesses are. And you see the amount of work that he's put into it. And then at the combine, he impresses you because – Wow, all this stuff that I saw on tape, it looks like he's fixed a lot of it. Um, then that, those are other clues. That tells you the guy's a hard worker. It tells you that the guy um, knows his weaknesses and works on them. So um, there's lots of little subtle things like that. And look, when you're making snap judgments, you know, you've got five minutes on the clock once a guy's picked. You've got a board. You've got to make a snap judgment. Do we take the running back or do we take the corner? We kind of like, you know, we have them graded about equally that um, you have to make a decision. There's got to be a trump card in there. You know, hey, this guy interviewed really well, so I'm kind of leaning this way. Or, hey, this other guy, we could use more speed on the team and his 40 times out of this world. So, um, you know, you're not basing everything off what a guy bench presses, what a shuttle cone time is. But when you're when you're trying to make snap snap judgments and you need all the information and you need a trump card. Um, that, those are the types of things that can uh, sway you in one direction or another.
1: The, the funny thing, Kevin, about the combine was all year they're like, Javion Clowney, he's loafing it. He's terrible. He he's he's, has bad character issues. He drives 120 miles an hour. He took the year off and then he runs like a 4-4 and they're like, holy shit. All of the like the, first
2: overall, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, um. But Kevin, is there anything in the combine that you that like you look at and is and if a player does it does or does not do it, even though you maybe in your mind you know that it you shouldn't downgrade him for it when it happens, you're like, oh, that guy, he didn't do that. I don't, I don't know if I like him as much. Uh,
0: I I I don't know. I I kind of just look at this is gonna make. I, I guess I probably I kind of lean more in Dave's side of the camp here. Um you just look at I think I I think that there's so much hype around fractions and yeah and yeah. you know, inches and millimeters and shit like that. Like a guy it is a is game of it... inches. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Al Pacino. Um <laughs> it's we're clawing for that end. you you've got you you look at the uh, the long jump Ooh-ha. that they do you look at the the leap that they're doing you're looking at their 40 time but again, this is without pads they get to psych they get to you know get themselves psyched before they do the long jump they get themselves psyched before they do that that that, that reaching jump. They're not wearing any pads. Exactly. They're not wearing any pads. They've got nobody chasing after them. Nobody, Three-pound you know, <laughs> going <laughs> at them, on, on it, coming at them uh, from either side to try and tackle them. They've got none of that. So you've got sort of these ideal conditions. But even then, how – how what, what what the hell difference does it make if Judea and Clowney can run 40 yards – in four point, well, what what did it? What was it? it a four point six? Four? No, it was four. It was
1: four four eight. At 260, okay, four, four, at two hundred and sixty yep. pounds.
0: Okay, a, but that's again, that's freakazoid. Oh yeah, of course it is. But but here's the difference. What four four eight versus four five five? No, it's no different. I mean, but and 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 but still, we're talking forty yards. Yeah, forty yards. Can he get from the line? To the quarterback, and, and, and what is that? Ten yards? Yeah. If yeah, that max. that's less than ten yards? That's seven yards. I, I, Can he shove the guy in front of him out of the way and get the seven yards to the quarterback before the pissant throws the ball? Yeah, I mean probably. He probably that, do that better than better that, than most guys. That's
1: an interesting thing that actually Pat Kerwin of the the Sirius NFL Radio he had a, he has a he has a formula that he uses where he takes like the 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 bench press and and a bunch of the drills and he scores He's a it scientist. and 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 basically what it is is his theory is that's as a as a defensive end you have to turn your speed into power when you when the other guy tries to block you and his formula comes up with it and his formula if you're above 70 that means you're awesome and I think the only guy that he missed on I can't remember it it was that it was a uh, that, that guy with the Giants, weird name, Kawiki, some I uh, I can't um,
2: remember.
1: I can't Mateus,
2: remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was I the only
1: that. one that, like, when he listed the ones that he had over 70, that you were like, oh, that guy's a boss. Like, the rest of them were, like, 8 to 12 to either elite guys. Well,
2: the one last thing I'll throw out there that the Combine's useful for, I mean, you talk about upper body strength and, and, and bench press and all that. I mean, I think if you look in, in the course of, of – You know, the Saints' history of drafting, the guys they've gotten, um, guys like Charles Brown, Zach Streif, John Stinchcomb, German Bushrod, all guys that weren't strong enough when they came to the NFL, and they weren't ready to play. Um, And the the few times they did early in their career, um, it was a disaster. I mean, I don't know if you remember Bushrod when he first got in, or Stinchcomb when he played a little bit. I mean, they really struggled. Um, But they got strong enough, they developed, they spent time in the weight room, and Um, they were able to get stronger. And I think the combine tells you, you like some of these guys are not ready to play because they just don't have the upper body strength yet. They just need more time in the weight room. They have the, they have the potential, they have the technique, they've got all that stuff. They just need to get stronger. And then you look at guys like Carl Nix who tore it up at the combine. Um, and and you think you, in terms of strength, you're like, okay, well, this guy needs work on his technique, but he's ready in year one because he's so strong we know we know we can plug him in year one and he's not going to get pushed around so um, little things like that I think too can tell you if a guy's ready right away or if he needs time to develop and
1: and Bill Parcells always said you know if you take a guy that's an exception to the rule like a short quarterback or he doesn't have this measurable he doesn't have that measurable. if you do it consistently then you have a team of exceptions and to me like a guy like Jarvis Landry He didn't run well and I know he hurt his hamstring and so he'll probably run again in his pro day. But to me, if he runs like a 4.5 or a 4.6, even though I loved him at LSU, Andrew, he's smaller. If he's small and he can't run fast, that means to me he's probably like – he's not going to be an elite receiver. He might be like a Lance Moore type guy, which isn't bad. Lance Moore has been really good for the Saints, but you don't pick Lance Moore in the first or the second round. You know, so like mm-hmm. to me, like you want a guy that's big, strong, smart and fast. And if he's missing one of those things, you can be like, well, Drew Brees is a little short, but he's got a good enough arm and he's, he's a freak athlete as far as mobility in pocket. So we'll overlook the height. But if he, if a guy's missing like two things and you're like, he's dumb, any small, or he's, you know, slow, any small, like that's a, like to me, Kevin, that's a bad sign. Like if, if he's, if, if like, if he's if he's. If he's Missing more than like one of the measurables that you need to be an n f l player you know yeah great news. i i i yeah i I've, I've got nothing to add to that <laughs> that that all makes sense <laughs> i i you know but but the the thing is the n f l network they got they got twenty four hours of time to fill, so i mean. They just go yeah, it's, like, it's like
2: the top 10 list for the blog, man. You got to stretch it out. <laughs> stretch it out. <laughs> it's a long offseason. My
1: wife on the other day was like, why the fuck are you watching? I was watching it Sunday morning. I'm like, I want to watch Sammy Watkins run the 40. She's like, oh, my God. Um, so, Who,
2: who's, who's faster in the 40, you behind your mini or Sammy Watkins?
1: Probably Sammy Watkins, but, but my cruising speed is probably better. Like once I get to <laughs> top end. But I don't get the top end until like thirty yards. He probably gets the top end faster. Um Kevin, let's continue the off season breakdown. Michael Sam gets the top end. <laughs> Michael Sam Ooh. The, Michael <laughs> Sam had the best combine of any gay football player in the history of the world.
2: I heard it I mean, I didn't watch him specifically, but I heard he actually kind of struggled.
1: He does not, because he's not because he he, he can't he well, if you look at his tape, apparently, like he can't play in space, and mm. he wasn't as strong as they thought. So like the th- the the agility drills, he sucked, and like I mean, he's like a he's like a he's like a, he's like a Martez Wilson, like he might. Be, so
2: is he is he dropping to a sixth round pick
1: now? I, I think he's gonna be a sixth- or seventh round pick. I do. Hmm. I just I, I mean. It, He had – if you take away two of his games, he's got like five sacks, you know. And that's not not necessarily a knock because he had a great game, you know, against Florida. But he has one – he has one thing that's going to keep him in the NFL. Can he rush the quarterback? And – Yep. it's not a
2: de- or special teams, special teams. Well, can yeah, that could be something
1: law. else. He could he could he seems like a guy that would be willing to play special teams. So I actually think he's probably going to make it. I think he's going to be like a Martez Wilson. If Martez Wilson would have been functional in special teams, the Saints would have kept him. And he might have been a guy in certain spots where you could play him. And he'll get you three to five sacks and he'll play all four of your special teams as a guy you need on your roster. You know? Yep. Um so that's where I think Michael Sam is but but I think it's going to be a big to do Andrew when he when they're like we're in round 6 and he ain't been picked yet. You know?
2: Yeah, I All agree.
1: Right. Kevin, off-season positions we keep on going. Uh this week it's wide receiver. Um I am firmly in the in the uh Wang from Moose Denied. His column of Kenny Kenny Stills is the shit. He's a young Joe Horn, and he's there's only there's only two receivers that have had better rookie seasons than him uh, in Saints history. It's Marcus Colston, and it's Danny O'Brien. That's it. So I think Kenny Stills is going to bust out and be really freaking good in 2014. Um, but that said, I still think the Saints need to add another receiver either through free agency or through the draft. How are you with the
0: receivers – Going into next year, they need to draft a wide receiver. How exactly. First, the first three rounds. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, so if you if expert analysis, expert analysis. So, Andrew, do you agree with that, or, or are you fine if they just bring everybody back and don't really do anything?
2: No, I don't. I really like the uh, crop of free agent receivers this year. I don't think the class is very strong. And I think the draft class is ex- exceedingly strong i mean I think the the guys that are available in the draft are you know you're going to be able to get a guy in the second third round, maybe even the fourth round that they could potentially be an impact player so um no they're i'm I'm with Kevin. they have to pick a guy they have to um and uh preferably early
1: do you have a do you have a – Kevin, do you – not in, we we know specific players, but do you have a preference of like – do you want – like if they draft do you want a possession guy? Do you want a burner? Do you want what, – what's the sort of guy that if they – not a name but like a guy that you're like, oh, that's who I wanted. He's 6'3", and he, he he's not polished, but God, he runs a 4'3". He's he's the guy they need. We need a deep threat or we need a possession guy. What kind of receiver do you want him to pick?
0: Well – uh, Ken, isn't Kenny Stills supposed to be a burner? Yes. Or, yeah. And Joe Morgan. Well, Joe Morgan's kind of a burner.
1: So when yes. He's
2: sober, yes.
0: <laughs> so uh, when so, he's
2: sober and has a working knee.
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, try the field. Yeah, i'm I'm willing to uh I'm willing to say not a burner this time out. I think just good route runner, solid hands. Let's. You know, let's let's bring one of those guys in. So, uh, a Moore.
1: I'm I'm hoping Jarvis Landry runs another shitty forty time, and tumbles, and the Saints get him in the second or third round.
2: Oh, he's not going in the first after that combine. No, N- no way. He might
1: he might be a guy that plummets, and I could see he, like
2: yeah, like I mean, he, I would say his his the highest he's getting picked right now is low second round.
1: Yeah, and the thing is with the Saints, Andrew, we know like. We, they're kind of their draft history. You can look at them and say they don't pick a linebacker in the first round under Mickey Loomis. But the other thing they do is they will identify a player that they like and go and get him. I think more so than other teams. I mean, Morstead and, and Jonathan Sullivan and and Brown and um, Jenkins last year. I mean, like, they
2: are Al not, Woods, Morstead,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not afraid to go – and move to get a player. So, I mean,
2: John Jenkins.
1: Yeah. Um. So, if if you had, where do you think in the war room? Where do you think wide receiver is on their on their sort of needs list? And would that be a move that would would surprise you on draft day if they moved up in one of the early rounds to get a receiver.
2: No one surprised me. I mean, the thing is, I don't know that I'd want to trade up because there's so much talent. Yeah. Um, you know? So in other words, like if you lose a guy, it's not that big of a deal because you've got so many, so much talent. Um, it's not like maybe some other positions where if you lose De La Puente, you've probably got two or three centers that you feel like could start right away. And so if, you know, if the first two get picked early, then maybe you need to trade up and get the third one or whatever. But um, at receiver, I feel like you can kind of let the dominoes, uh, let the draft come to you a little bit. So, but look, I mean, Brandon Cooks is—he's is a, a little squirt guy. I—I I disagree a little bit with Kevin on the burner. I think they absolutely. Joe Morgan, we never know if he's going to be the same. Um, Kenny Stills, I think, is the heir apparent to Lance Moore. Um, so I, I think they still need that one guy that can really stretch the field. So um, Brandon Cooks, I mean, he is—he's small, but. Uh, man, he is explosive. It'd be fun to have like a version 2.0 of Darren Sproles on the team, and I think he would be that. Um, so that's a guy. I mean, you look at um, the guy from Penn State, um, who's very fast, very good. Um, and you know, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, he may go way too early, but you never know. I mean, he's an explosive guy.
1: They had a big, and, tall, uh, white dude that looked like a that looked like a a, a skin, yeah, I saw that. He ran sk- like
2: a four three. He ran like a so.
1: four three, but he he looked kind of yeah. like a skinhead.
2: Yeah, he did. Oh. Um, and, and you know, look, if if the Saints can get Jarvis Landry in the fourth or fifth round, where it's like tr- tremendous value, I would have no problem with that too.
1: Yeah, uh, I think they're gonna pick a. I think they're gonna pick a receiver. I think they're gonna pick a receiver high, just because they know that like they like Robert Meacham and Lance Moore and all that sort of thing. But like they gotta, they gotta start to turn that thing over. You know those guys are just getting old, and and I think,
2: yeah, I mean their young guys are Morgan and Nick Toon, and, and those think, guys haven't really and panned
1: I, out. I don't think I think the Saints. I mean it seems to me, Kevin, that the analysis would be God, we got to get younger. There's really let's not let's not pick uh, let's not uh, sign a Jacoby Jones. Let's let's draft a guy, and hopefully we can get a, we can we can get an you know if, even if they get another guy that's like Kenny Stills, and they they get Kenny stills production out of him. Well, then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're really starting to churn over your receiving core. So to me, it seems like receiver. It, it's better to get younger than sign a, a, a veteran guy as a patch. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Because I mean, what, what who was the last, I mean, the, the, you know, you you say sign a veteran guy as a patch. My mind immediately went to uh, uh, David Patton. Yeah.
1: And,
0: yep. You know, he was serviceable. Did his job. Jacoby Jones could be that guy, maybe. Ah, uh, I,
1: I. He could help on special teams too. Like I mean, it's like but Andrew said it's, it's like you're like eh. It's like it's yeah. not it's not thrilling.
0: Right. I, I mean, I just go young. Get 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 a young guy. I'd rather you get a young guy because again, and Robert <laughs> yeah. Uh Lance Moore might not be back. Uh Robert Meacham probably not back. Uh Marcus Colston, he's in his final he's he's got to be uh, on the downside of his career I mean, and I'm not saying that like oh he's going to suck, but
1: I think you probably have one more Marcus Colston type year where he's really good maybe and then you probably have two more of He's like a seven eight hundred yard guy. Like I I think his I think his downward I think his downward trajectory has begun.
2: I hate to break it to you, but I think he's already a seven eight hundred yard guy.
1: Well, he, this year he was almost a thousand, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think he, this year he might not be.
1: Okay, now we have Twitter questions, and they're gonna be fun. Uh, Kevin, this one's for you. What would you prefer? And this is from Jay Green. What would you prefer? Graham signs with the Falcons, or Sarah Palin is elected president.
0: Oh, for f- come on, dude, really, really? Eat a fucking bullet. Is, is is that option C? Because option C sounds pretty tempting. Um, yeah, that's not a world I want to live in. No, no, Jesus Christ.
1: You betcha. And as I can say this, total off-topic as as a financial conservative, Texas is so conservative now. I'm going to recap every political ad that's ever been on Texas this whole year. Barack Obama wants to kill your baby. I'm voting – I'm running for dog catcher. Vote for me. Like they don't even have – Any even Democrats are like, fuck Obama, like that's how conservative and red Texas is, but off topic anyway.
0: Um, Thank you, uh, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful Texas, wonderful state. It is, um, uh, god, um.
2: Uh, I, think, I think you've stumped the Schwab, whoever asked that yeah, question. Yeah, Jay Green.
0: I would. okay. Uh how long of a contract is Jimmy Graham getting with the Falcons? It's
1: five years sixty million. Like it's twelve million a year. Like, five years sixty million.
0: Oh God. Could she destroy America in four years? No. Um
1: Now even if you're like even if you're like
0: Checks
2: and balances,
1: baby. There's a the thing, like like Michael like. like, oh, like Obama won in 2008 and then two years later, everybody was like, ah, you got to slow down there, buddy. And they just elect the Republican House and it just grinds to a hole. Like I could see the same thing with Palin. So it wouldn't be that bad. Like it like it wouldn't be that bad. But like you got five years of like watching Jimmy Graham score a lot of times. It's a hard call. It's a hard call. Oh, <laughs> man. Make the call help.
0: Oh, oh man. Uh... I guess I'd rather see Jimmy Graham go to the Falcons.
2: Oh! No. No. Come on. Here's the thing. Ugh. Here's
0: the
1: thing is Jimmy Graham healthy the entire 5 years. I
2: don't care. I don't Kevin wasn't what Bobby Abreu and Morton Anderson did to us enough.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I know old.
2: I know I know you're old enough to remember that stuff. Yeah, oh, I am. Jesus. I know the scars are still there.
1: Morton Anderson is winning yeah. score for both teams. Ugh.
2: Take it back, Ralph. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> take it back.
1: I'm going to have to say – I'll take it back. I'm going to have take, to say – like,
0: I'll take it back. I, I guess I'd uh, – hail, hail to the chief. No one person
1: can destroy America. We're not fucking Venezuela.
0: You know, I mean
1: – if gonna, like if Tatum becomes president like there ain't gonna be like those shelves at Walmart are gonna be empty and there's gonna be like burning cars in the street like it'll be okay like it like it's never like just because we have the internet now all all the people that talk about politics they're all connected and they just talk about it endlessly every day like it's not like it doesn't like it's nothing. the world doesn't end like even if the person,
2: I
0: know the world i know i just if Jimmy Graham goes to the Falcons the world ends <laughs> I, I know. Don't. I know the world doesn't. I, it's just, and, and, and what you're saying is right. And I remember this question came up. You asked me one of these fucking questions uh, during the 2012 election. Something uh, about Romney getting elected.
1: Or yeah, and, like who would you want if you, you could have the you could have the Saints win two Super Bowls, or you could pick who wins the presidential election.
0: Right. And 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 I remember saying something to this effect: was it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, who who wins because yeah, the, you know the world's not going to end, and all all you're voting for is who do you think is going to do the least amount of well, damage. Well, here's, here's the
1: thing though: like people that are really liberal think that say Sarah, Sarah Palin is cuckoo birds, and people that are really conservative, financial like me, we look at Joe Biden and we'd be like, oh my god, if Joe Biden is president, like he might be hitting on. Uh, female prime ministers. He might be firing missiles at Mexico for fun. Like, you don't know what the fuck Joe Biden would do. (laughs) And the same thing with Palin. Like, you look at it like, she's cuckoo Like, that could go off the rails. But if you like, if it's Hillary Clinton or it's, you know, Paul Ryan, eh, it'll be fine. Whatever. But, like, there's certain candidates that, like, freak out people on the political spectrum. And that's that's Palin. She's one of those. But uh, I'm going to say, like, I just – I'd hate to root against Jimmy Graham. Like that would drive me, Andrew. That would drive me batty. Like I, I, I like him. So he's just a fun. Play. He's running over people. Like he's a fun freaking Saints player to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean he. I mean if it was any other NFL team, I would, I would pick. Yeah. Jimmy Graham going to them, but if it's the Falcons, then I pick Palin.
1: Okay, here's another one. Uh, let me see this. Uh, okay, how many first round picks, Andrew? Would you trade for Harbaugh if you got to choose his job? And what is the job? And the favorite movie for Harold Ramis, which we'll get to in a second, is Groundhog Day.
2: <laughs> um, so I mean, it doesn't have to be a job in the NFL. No,
1: it can be any job. Like mean,
2: can. Okay. Um, how about can I pick Jerry Sandusky's cellmate? <laughs> Is that a job or not I, really?
1: I would trade. I would trade three first-round picks for Jim Harbaugh, and I would make him clean the cat boxes in my house.
0: <laughs> I, I would. I would pick. You drive a mini and you have cats.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would pick the janitor to Jerry Sandusky's cell, um, and I would give up. Um, yeah, I would give up two first-round picks for
1: that.
0: Kevin. Uh let's see.
1: The question was why the angry Ocho by the way thanks oh thanks, angry Ocho uh,
0: I'd give up a uh I'd give up a fourth round pick just to have him come clean my house once a week
1: <laughs> see but I'd like to like the a, a former NFL coach having to clean a cat box is more humiliating and I hate Jim Harbaugh so you had it but like having to clean your bathroom is probably just disgusting
0: uh I mean it's not it's not too too bad but basically. Like, he'd be cleaning the house, and I would follow him from room to room, yeah. just watching him. I wouldn't even say anything. I would just watch him.
1: <laughs> That's kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, A- and then, and then, I mean, basically, I would be the exact opposite, like, of him. He's he's probably yelling at people, you know, screaming, flipping out, and I'm just watching him. Like, I'm trying – and I'm not even – I'm trying to stay poker face the whole time. Like, just him ask just – he does stuff. He's trying to like scrub, uh, scrub my bathtub, and I'm just standing there, just watching him, arms folded. I've got, I've got my windbreaker zipped up, my hat down. He can barely see my eyes.
1: <laughs> the pelicans are getting killed, my wife says. All
0: right. Andrew, this is
1: actually a, a a serious football question, which is rare for our listeners. Uh, who would be your fantasy free agent signing for the Saints uh, this year? And and Ghostbusters is his. Fi- Favorite Harold Ramis movie. Thanks, Alfredo. Fantasy, um, like fantasy, and it can be it can, can be be complete fantasy or it can be realistic of who you would want the Saints to sign in free agency. Well, I
2: mean, the best free agents, Greg Hardy, but my my pick would be Brent Grimes, just because. Oh
1: my god! Um, I've,
2: I've seen him play for so many oh. years. He, he's older now, but um, he was amazing even last year with the or this past year with the Dolphins, and I've just seen him play the Saints twice a year for so long and. Um, that guy's just a playmaker. He, he, he jumps on the ball. I mean, he is a prototype baller of a corner.
1: And to have him on the other side of Keenan Lewis you, would just be tasty. You know, tasty. he might be a guy. Before Kevin, I'll let you answer this question. He might be a guy, Andrew. Remember this past year, Paul Kruger? He ended up going to Cleveland, and they asked him, "Was like who were the no other team?" Relation teams? to Freddie? <laughs> exactly. That would have been fun uh, costume for crazy New Orleans fans, though. <laughs> they got him, but. They asked him, they're like, what other team was really going hard after you? And he was like, oh, the Saints. And we were like, what? Cleveland gave him $40 million over five. What? what the, how did Mickey Loomis come up with that? Like, Brett Grimes could be a guy where the Saints, like, Mickey Loomis might work the, ma- the cat magic. And he could be a guy, like, if his contract, because he's old, if it's not completely fucking insane, like, it's, it's like the 15% chance.
2: I mean he's my fantasy for sure.
1: And uh Kevin, you're you guy that you would want the Saints to sign.
0: Well, since you since you didn't since you didn't put uh any uh any restrictions like, you know, current player. <laughs>
1: oh yeah.
0: I I want Jesus Christ Jim to play Brown. tackle. I want Jim Brown. Jim, <laughs> well, there want, you go. I want to convert uh, Marcus Colston's uh, Hyperbaric Chamber into a time machine, go back in time, get Jim Brown, and put him on the Saints.
1: Somebody that doesn't involve time travel?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to defer to Andrew on that one. Again, hard-hitting analysis and just go with Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with – if
2: you say Julian Edelman? I swear to God.
1: No, I'm gonna say <laughs> this is a little bit this is a little bit convoluted, but I'm gonna say my fantasy would be Dallas cuts Demarcus Ware, and he takes a one year deal to reunite with Rob Ryan.
2: Hmm.
1: That would be my fantasy. Interesting. A guy.
2: That's under. that's not out of the realm of possibility, is it?
1: No, I mean if 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 he if if Dallas would cut him, he's been banged up the last couple of years. I could see him saying, you know what? I'm gonna take a one-year deal with the Saints because I want to win.
2: No, I and, mean there's chatter the Cowboys might cut him, yeah. Though,
1: right? Yeah. You know, I okay. think I think well the the Cowboys cap is a fucking it's a disa- it's a fucking disaster. Like it, yeah. it's like I, I mean whoever does their cap, I don't know if Jerry Jones does the cap or his son or whatever, but that person needs to be fired because they have it's just a fucking like I read about it. And I was like it's like. They need to go on overthecap.com and, like, take a course on, like, how to do it um, because it's a mess. Um, Let's see if we have one more question. Um, No, I think that's – that's all the questions we have. All right, look. uh, Okay, One one more. Moby. This is from Moby. Andrew, uh, am I a real Saints fan if Sean Payton's puckered face and Jimmy Graham's first down annex irk me? (laughs)
2: <laughs> are you a saints fan if they irk you um yeah i i, I, I think uh i think you're not i think you, the, the, you can't allow those things to irk you you know i mean on some level that sh- there was stuff shaki did that annoyed me so i judge you but um it, it's funny um when I kind of complained about right before the Seattle playoff game, I, I picked up a lot of Seahawks followers and um, there was a Seahawks blog that was retweeting a lot of my posts and our tweets, I should say. And, um, you know, I said some negative stuff about Pete Carroll and um, truther. all these, yeah, truther. And then all these Seahawks fans out of the woodwork just came and were blasting me about Sean Payton. And, it made me realize it's like I guess I've just been blind all these years or naive into thinking like, oh Sean Payton's awesome like how how could you not love him, um, but he actually has a pretty big disdain across the league, um, and same goes with Jimmy Graham. I mean I I was reading an article the other day about Jimmy Graham, and uh, I was reading the comment section, um, and so much of it was was uh, you know other fans of teams, particularly Seahawks fans, bashing him i about that pregame pushing thing. So um, those two guys are, are kind of hated by at least the Seahawks fans and possibly some others out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it made me realize that um, those guys, uh, you know, I, I kind of I, I guess I turn a blind eye or I, I've never really noticed it before. And I, I don't really see how anyone could hate them, but apparently people do. So yeah. uh, you're not alone.
1: Kevin, are you a real are you a true Saints fan if those things irk you?
0: Uh, you should feel a little guilt. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You should you you should feel guilty, but uh, you can still yeah. You're still a Saints fan. I mean, when going ape I,
1: shit after a 15 yard game. is kind of like I'm like really, yeah, really you know. It just doesn't. I'm like, like not like I'm an old guy like don't do that in film, It's like do you really like? He caught it, it was 12 yard pass. Jimmy, come on.
2: Here's the thing. You remember Junior Galette's sack on Cam Newton when yeah. he did the Superman stomp? Every Saints fan was like, oh, my God, that's the most awesome <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Every Panthers fan was thinking, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, that is so, true. But it was so, awesome. Uh, it was awesome. It was. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think on some level you have to have some kind of blind faith and loyalty towards your guys. Um, but like I said, Jimmy uh Shocky always got under my skin a little bit, so I th- I think you get a little leeway with that. Yeah. Uh
1: this past week, uh I think it was what, Monday, Harold Ramis, the f- famous director, writer, comedy guy, SCTV, if you're a comedy nerd from back in the 70s. Uh he did movies like Ghostbusters and he wrote and directed Caddyshack. He wrote freaking Animal House and uh, Groundhog Day and Stripes. Uh, did I mention Meatballs already? That too. Like, Kevin, I love Harold Ra- Like, of my top five movies, Caddyshack and Groundhog Day are in them. Uh, So, I, like, I was – like, usually like a celebrity does. I'm like, I, you know, you're sad for like five seconds. I'm like, I, whatever. But like Harold Ramis, I was like, oh, Harold Ramis, man. Egon from Ghostbusters. So, like right. – what is your favorite Harold
0: Ramis movie? Well, I I think part of the reason that that his death like hits hits a lot of us so hard is because we sort of came of age or oh, grew up watching the stuff that he did over and over and over again. I mean, I've seen Ghostbusters countless times. I've seen Caddyshack countless times. I've seen Stripes a bunch.
1: Meatballs Animal is great house. too, but it's not on cable because it has a lot of titties and it, they have to chop it up so they well, can't really
0: put it, it on. But and but Meatballs, underrated movie. It is. Underrated oh. comedy. And again, it's because you don't see it a lot. Ralph um, just said titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess half the po- half the people on uh, Canal Street Chronicles are going to be upset now because <laughs> we said the word titties. Fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> so you can just do there we in go. the comment. There we go. Um yeah, so I mean, shoot. If I had to pick and you see that's that's the problem. If you had to pick a favorite movie because you can pick two. Okay. I okay, I think Groundhog Day is overall a better film. Like if I was trying to say if I was trying to show somebody show me why show me why Bill Murray is beloved, show me why uh, Harold Ramis was a great director or, or a, a, a great writer or, or who could understand how to put together a story and all that kind of stuff, I would show Groundhog Day. I feel like Groundhog Day, Kevin,
1: if it was released today, would be even bigger because of yeah. the internet and probably yeah. depending on how strong that year's best picture and actors and stuff, I feel like that's a movie that could have won stuff. For the, but back in 1990, we didn't have the internet and all this, so it was like, oh, that's a cool movie. But like, right. like I feel like if it was released now, you'd be talking about like Bill Murray getting nominated, him getting nominated, maybe nominated for Best Picture. Like I feel like it's that good.
0: Yeah, and and, and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm sure Bill Murray would get passed over anyway, and we'd cut to <laughs> we'd cut to Bill Murray just holding back his uh, his disdain for the whole thing. But you know, whatever. He'd still get nominated, which is Bill what Murray, he, deserves he doesn't have step. a
1: cell phone. He has a if you want to call him, it's an eight hundred number that you call,
0: and he calls you back. That's great. He's you yeah. he, see, he's phenomenal. So, but so you're saying Groundhog but if, Day? And but if we're talking Harold Ramis movie that you could watch, like, like if you're if you're with a group of people and they're like, oh, oh, uh, what do you want to watch? Ghostbusters. Oh, the original Ghostbusters. Because the the idea that Dan Aykroyd had was so vastly different from what ended up being on on, on the film, and Harold Ramis deserves a lot of credit for helping, you know, with with, with the writing on all of that.
1: Ghostbusters could have been fucking ridiculous and terrible.
0: Yeah, It just, yeah, and 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 and, you know maybe maybe because it was such maybe because everybody had played played a role in making it so phenomenal. Like you know you you hear like uh you read like the oral history of Ghostbusters and Bill Murray was improving like so much shit and Harold Ramis, you you know like all the guys were doing so much different things. They all brought different (laughs) they all brought different things to the table. But I mean, for God's sakes, man! You, you, you've you've got the Twinkie speech. That's a big. The Twinkie speech plus print is dead. <laughs> I collect spores, molds, and fungus. And I mean, fungus. I mean, and, and you could argue, you could argue he, you could argue that the best line he ever had is Egon was actually in Ghostbusters two, when he says, "Let's see what happens when we take away the puppy." <laughs> I mean, good lord! I, I mean, I mean that like—that's <laughs> what Michael Vick said. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! I mean, that's a, like his whole character was a distinct look. Yeah. Like that character in itself was a look. I mean, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd just looked like two schlubs. I mean, Ernie Hudson just you know looked like looked like a schlub. Just looked like a guy. Yeah. Like they all just looked like guys, but. You know, fucking Egon, like that. Like if if you said, "Yeah, I'm," the guy's name is Egon. Yeah, that's what E. That's what an Egon looks yeah, like. Yeah, and the thing is, like he 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 played it in
1: such a way where, like, it was he was kind of made it kind of believable that, like, oh yeah, this guy he's serious about spung spores and fungus and ghosts, and he's you know got this. Like he he's a, he's like such a good straight man, but. Andrew, your favorite two Harold Ramis movies. Is Andrew with us?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. You're I got pondering. cut off for a second. pondering? No, I got cut off for okay. a second. What was the question?
1: Your favorite, two favorite Harold Ramis movies, and you can rank them or not.
2: Well, I'm going to throw this one out. I don't know that it's my favorite, but I just have an appreciation for this one um, because I've always kind of hated Billy Crystal and i yeah. uh, you know just any movie that billy crystal's in i kind of automatically oh. write off but um analyze this was a movie that he did and uh he actually made the impossible task of making him remotely funny um so i have a lot of respect for him for actually turning billy crystal into something even remotely watchable <laughs> um but there Back there's a the
1: see,
2: yeah the, there billy there's Chris. a There's a scene in that movie where um, basically, uh, you know, Billy Crystal's character is told, you know, hey, okay, I'm I'm taking you to meet the mob. You you just need to be as vague as possible. You know, don't say anything, Um, you know, just stay out of everyone's way. And if anyone asks you questions, just be very vague. (laughs) So, you know, he immediately comes in like he owns the place and he's like, did you talk to the guy? What guy? The guy with the thing. What thing? What the fuck are you talking about? And so it's just that that scene is hilarious, and uh, you know he was the creator of that. So um, props for that one. But I gotta go Caddyshack. Oh, dude, yes. come on. The Caddyshack is just the instant classic. And uh, anyway, so I I mean those two are, are memorable moments for me.
1: Hey, you know, and I had a bone to pick with the guy at Grantland, Wesley Morris. He wrote a he wrote a a glowing bone to pick. Yeah, well, he wrote a a, a nice piece about Harold Ramus, but he said something horrible about Caddyshack. He said Caddyshack had no plot. They had plot. Danny was trying to get the scholarship, man. Right. That was the plot. <laughs> you know, it wasn't gone with the wind or nothing, but it was a plot.
2: <laughs>
1: Danny, don't you want don't you want to be hey, go, going Spencer back winner? real
2: quick to uh, Canal Street Chronicles comments getting mad about. Uh, did something happen? Did I miss something? They just, are, they, are they mad about profanity or something? There, there's certain people that are
1: always mad about the profanity. And oh. yet they keep they keep listening and I don't understand like what like what don't you get? Like we say Stop. we say fuck like the, as soon as the as soon as the pelican pelican house ad is over, we're dropping four letter bombs. Like it's what we do. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's probably going to cost me any shot of getting a job with the uh, Nola Media Group. Did you did you really apply for that? Yes, I did.
2: What if the job is to be Jeff Duncan's lapdog?
0: Uh, let, let, me, let, let me just tell you this. If uh, – to, to, to use a quote from Ghostbusters, uh, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I will believe anything you say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something, Nolan News Group. I know uh, uh, whatever – Gladlow and other people listen to this podcast. I know they do. Hire this man, Kevin Held. He can web-produce the shit out of stuff.
2: And he's better than anything you get.
1: That's exactly right. Exactly right. I know they, they listen, Kevin. I know they do. So they should hire <laughs> you. Hire you. You are, more, you are more than capable than whatever they have in the pile of resumes that they've got. God, I hope so. Oh, yeah. My wife wants to pick a Harold Ramis movie.
2: All right. Did you did you put she, Sean Orleans or Kevin Held at the top I of put, the? I uh,
1: put Kevin
0: Held. Kevin <laughs> He yeah.
1: will powerbomb Noah that to the top.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My wife. Well, was, well, well, I tell you what, man. If there's a ladder match involved for the final candidates, I think I've got a leg up Kevin, on that.
1: You're a lock. My wife wants to pick a favorite Harold Ramos movie. She said Christmas Vacation. Regular, regular, Some, yeah, vac- regular, regular vacation. Yeah, regular vacation.
2: Regular vacation is good, but Christmas, they don't have shit on Caddyshack. Come
1: on. But Christmas vacation holds up better in the vacation movies. But but Caddyshack yeah. is, if if you were like you get to watch one more movie before you die, I'm picking Caddyshack. If you're sending me to a desert island and I have to bring one movie, I'm bringing Caddyshack. Like Caddyshack is. If you have testicles, my wife says maybe, but there are other movies. Groundhog Day two is just. Well, but you drive a mini, so you don't have any. It's, oh, see, that's probably. <laughs> Burn! It's true. My wife just went. Eh, my wife nodded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love like I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna rewatch Groundhog Day this week. I like I love that movie. It's like, do you have? Do you ever have deja vu, Alice? I don't know. I'll have to check with the chef. It's just, like, so good. but um, And the thing is, like, the thing that horror... Too early for flapjacks? Well, what, what's the soup du jour?
2: <laughs> the thing that horror... Oh, that's I the soup that of the day.
1: Is they're going to remake Groundhog Day? No! Eventually they will. They were thinking about doing a musical of it. They're eventually going to remake it, and it's going to be fucking terrible. Oh, ter- it's going to be fucking terrible. The Pelicans got roasted. Monty Williams needs to get fired.
2: Yeah, he really does, um,
1: and that's just the bottom line.
2: I mean, the, the Pelicans ruin everything. They they've already ruined CP3. Yeah. They're in the process of ruining Anthony Davis. They keep employing Monty Monty Williams. They ru- they've already ruined Pierre the Pelican. Now they're there's talks they're gonna ax King Cake baby. I mean they ruin everything. <laughs> what? Maybe. They're gonna
1: ax King Cake baby?
2: Uh, I, there's chatter what that the this fuck, may be his man? last year.
1: My wife's face is just stunned. She's going to cry. She loves the King Cake Baby. She thinks he's adorable. With the big scary eyes and like, they can't get rid of King Cake Baby. Dude, what are they do? Like the King Cake Baby is one of their awesome thing. I mean, God damn it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only acceptable farewell to King Cake Baby is for him to do some sacrilegious thing like <laughs> – the, the Sinead O'Connor Pope picture th- scenario. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the only cere- c- ceremonious departure that could work for me. Um, otherwise, they they can't. I mean, he's kind of got that little child's play Chucky thing going. Does it just, like... You know. And look, let's be serious here. Evil and creepy is the only thing the Pelicans franchise has going on right now.
1: It does. I wonder I wonder if, if Tom I mean they just gave him all extensions, but I wonder if Tom Benson would be like, Fuck you people, y'all are ruining this. Shit. I'm firing all of you motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean he did it with like you have, like I mean, like we make fun of but like Benson, he'll shit can people. He did it with the <laughs> same like he's not afraid to do it. You know? So, and he's getting he, like he's not like like Benson like I know people give him shit and all this post-Katrina, but to me, like, he's a great owner that he leaves the fucking Saints alone. Like, Mickey, you know, like, Benson isn't, like, meddling with Mickey Loomis or Sean Payton. And, like, eventually Benson's not going to be around. Hopefully he'll live five, ten more years. But eventually somebody's going to fucking buy the Saints and they're going to be worth a billion dollars. They're going to have to pay a billion dollars for it. And they might want to fuck it all up to hell like Daniel Snyder. So, you know.
0: Well, look. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Rita Benson LeBlanc, or and, uh, or maybe it'll be her kids by that time. Uh, hopefully, they won't sell it to some uh, Napoleonic uh, shithead.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. uh,
1: I enjoyed your rant about uh, the Pelicans, Andrew. So um, I guess that about Kevin. Do you have a wrestling update for us before we get out of here?
0: Um. Let's see. Uh, I'm currently I'm, – I'm battling pink eye, so hopefully pink eye – You got eye, the Bob
1: Costas Sochi pink eye?
0: Yeah. Hopefully that will be gone before next weekend because that's when I'm supposed to wrestle in St. Louis. Awesome. Pink eye for the straight guy. Actually, I put that on my Facebook page. Thank you very much. <laughs> um Yeah, hashtag. Um,
1: <laughs> hashtag blood red.
0: Um, <laughs> I, so I haven't really been able to uh, train – Uh, lately I went to Tennessee last weekend before the, the pink guy showed up. How long of the drive is that? Uh, four hours. Oh, that's not too bad. No, no, no. Four hours there, four hours back.
1: That's not, that's not terrible. I thought it was longer than that.
0: Well, yeah, it, well, I mean, you're going there, you're going there and there's still, it's still light out. So you got that. But then when you leave, you're leaving at like 11 o'clock at night and then it's pitch ass black. On the highway, and then when you get to the interstate, there's a little bit of light, and then you go through you go through stretches of I-55 where it's there's nothing. So, trying to you know <laughs> stay awake and focused is, is is a is a chore. That I mean, thank God there were other guys in the car and they were just you know talking to me and yeah, just shooting the shit helped keep. Hey, do weight. we do we have an LSU basketball update, Ralph? Uh, they
1: were winning by fourteen. God. Damn it, Andrew. You had to bring up Saturday. Jesus oh, Christ. Sorry. LSU it was right there for them. They could have beat Kentucky and been an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. I thought they fucking had and they didn't finish. Yeah, LSU, the LSU basketball is nothing but
2: disappointing. This, this basketball season for Louisiana it's has just been the worst.
1: It's aw—it's awful. It's going to be another year where Louisiana has no teams in the tournament. Yep. Uh. So... Before we get out of here, Andrew, go to Canal Street Chronicles and lead the podcast and leave a comment about how we curse too much. Uh, Andrew, you have a piece on Zach Strieff's potential value on Saints Nation. What else do you have going on?
2: Uh, well, uh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, – uh, free is about to wrap up, so I'm going to be covering that every day. Um, I, I actually just finished a mock draft. Um, who'd, after the combine. Who would you have the Saints we, picking? Well, I had Calvin Pryor actually falling to them oh. at 27. So get ready for your second straight safety people nice. picked in the first round by the Saints. But the, So that was my pick. Um, my first round pick in the previous one was Zach Martin, the tackle of Notre Dame. Um, but I was feeling more confident that um, that Zach Streif is going to be re-signed. So, um, so now I'm thinking outside the box. Nice. But, uh, so anyway, Pryor is my pick this time. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it develops.
1: And Kevin, you you gave us the wrestling update and you're going to do a power poll before the end of the year
0: or not? Yeah, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to sell a guy on some white wall tires. And then, uh, and then after that, I'm trying to help some of these younger guys that I'm actually training with, trying to help them come up with, uh, name wrestling names and what to call their finishing moves and entrance uh-huh. music so i'm trying to help them with uh important decisions Rest. and i'm trying to be i'm trying to i'm I'm acting like an older brother because while he macks I'm, on I'm the ladies everybody. yeah older than
2: everybody are you still macking on the ladies
0: yes i am i'm still finding time to mack on the ladies when the pink eye isn't killing me <laughs> and when i'm not uh practicing in a wrestling ring yes i am macking hey, on ladies hey baby well,
1: do you want to get some pink eye?
2: <laughs> well what's a more effective uh pickup, uh Kevin. Is it the pink eye or is it the scarf that you wear um during the wrestling matches?
0: Uh actually the uh actually the 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 lady I'm seeing, she loves the hell out of the fact that i wear that I wear a scarf to the ring because she knows everybody <laughs> hates it. <laughs> it plays. The scarf plays, man. Alright. People people hate a guy. Kevin, do you have a smoking
2: jacket a guy that you wear wearing with the a scarf? scarf? So wait. not so not such a fan of the pink eye then?
0: Uh no, she does not like the fact that I have been that I have to sequester myself. <laughs>
1: You're in quarantine?
0: Yeah. So she wants to shop on Isle Kevin and she can. <laughs> well. So
1: on that note. There we go. Yeah. I need sound <laughs> I need sound effects at, at at uh at my fingertips. So people remember You need to donate. I need to do this at the beginning of the show because I don't know how many people listen to the end. But go to uh, chronicpodcast.podbean.com and donate, even if you donate a dollar, so we can keep the good audio, so we can keep Kevin on So we can –
2: and So so Ralph can buy a new car.
1: So I can buy a new car and (laughs) so that uh, Kevin can get – Antibiotics for his pink eye. Like, there's so many things that you could do if you would just donate right. 2 $3 a month.
0: Right. Andrew's kid needs tennis lessons. Exactly. Spices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Exactly. Fact. Dave needs to hire a, pr- a private chef.
1: Exactly. Dave living <laughs> his pampered life.
0: Fuck, fucking foodie. Yeah.
1: So, on that note, uh, I'm Ralph Marlborough for Kevin Held, a.k.a. Sean Orleans and Andrew Juge. Uh, so long. Until next week hire this (laughs) man hire him now